Welcome to Signs from the Other Side with Fern Rone. I'm your host, Fern Rone, and this is the place to share stories of signs and messages received from the other side. Real quick before we get started, if you enjoy reading about signs and if you enjoy fiction like Bridget Jones and Sex in the City, you might enjoy my books, Better in the Morning and Better Believe It. And if you like this podcast, please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe in Apple Podcasts and tell a friend too. Thank you so much for listening and on to the show. Author Kelly Kay is a cozy mystery writer as well as an author of young adult fiction where she writes under the name Kelly Kay Bowles. She is a former high school English and drama teacher, wife and mother to two sons, originally from Colorado and currently a resident of sunny San Diego. We know each other because we have the same publisher, Red Adept Publishing, and you recently read my book and sent me a message, you know, remind me to tell you a story about my dad. And I said, will you tell it on my podcast? But I'm always sensitive to people's privacy. So I was like, you know, if you don't want to, I completely understand. And you said, I used to teach high school drama. And have you seen my social media? (laughs) I have no filter, no no topics off limits. So there you go. Thank you. So your first, the first cozy mystery novel, Death by Diploma, is dedicated to your dad. And he sounds like such a great guy. The only word that I've ever heard across the board about him and in my opinion of him too is cool he was a cool cat yeah he was always um even keel like as a parent as a person everything was just he just smooth sailing whether it was or not that's how that's how he operated and he made everybody else made it easier for other people to feel that way too he was he was a cool cat he lived hard but he was i mean he was just like yeah cool you know, I don't yeah. know how else to describe it. Can you tell the uh, deer story? Oh, yeah. Well, he, okay, so he was born in Utah in the 30s. And, of course, anywhere, uh, western, midwest, whatever, it's a big hunting area. And um, when his dad took him hunting for the first time, he taught him how to use the gun and everything, took him out, uh, found a deer. He sighted on the deer and looked at the deer, and the deer looked back at him. And my dad put the gun down and never picked up another one. He's just like, the deer looked at I me. Can't do I, it. The deer, mm-hmm. we communicated. I can't, I, you know, it just, it, I, it, mm-hmm. I can't do it. So never Reading again. that touched me. I was like, oh, he's so sweet. You <laughs> described him in another interview as the inventor of the used bookstore, which it sounds like he was. I mean, he opened a used bookstore in 1966. How many were around then? I think maybe Europe has always done stuff like that, you know. But, no, in the States, I'm pretty sure everything we've ever been able to find, and then the articles that were written about him when he opened the store sort of alluded to the fact that it was a new thing and and it was certainly he had a discussion with my mother when they decided to you know open the store he's one of those guys that loved school went got like 300 credits of college but never got a degree in anything he just liked to go learn stuff and so he's you know in his 30s with no degree and no real idea of what to do and he's talking to my mother who he's dating at the time and she's like well how many books do you have and he said oh god i don't know <laughs> four thousand five thousand books and so she's like, well, why don't you try opening a store? And so that's what he did. And he, he, and as far as we know, it was the first one. Wow. And he ran it for 40 years. It's amazing. Yep. yep. Um, yeah. 66 to 2006 is when he sold it. Death by Diploma, like I mentioned, was dedicated to him. You wrote for my father, Donald M. Bowles. And you said, you're the one who started all this. I miss you so much, Daddy. He gave you a Harlan Coben novel and 
And you never looked back. Right. Well, and I didn't want to read it to begin with. You know, he always brought me books. He was obsessive about books, and he brought me this one, and it was about a sports agent. I'm like, I don't need a sports book, Dad. I don't, I'm not interested in them. Even though it's a murder mystery, not interested. And he's like, well, just if you ever want to. And I just randomly pick it up, picked it up one day. I had nothing else to do. And, oh, it was funny, and it moved so fast, and it was so good. And I called, the, uh, emailed the author. The author gave me advice. I said, I want to I do what you do. Can you help me? And he did, and all started based on this book my dad just threw at me one day. How nice of Harlan Coben to write back. So you sent me a photo today, and you said this is part of the story with my dad. And it looked like it was a screenshot yes. of, of his contact info. That's right. So the first thing you need to know, based on what you just heard about my dad, he sold the bookstore in 2006. He um, was a lifetime smoker, a big smoker, and he had emphysema. He developed emphysema, and it was by the time it was like 2008, I would say, he was homebound on oxygen 24-7, oh. and uh, he was Sorry. kind of, you know, a ghost in the living room until he died. And it was it was horrible to see him that way because he was such a cool cat. Like I said, he was bigger than life. And right. this the disease, the emphysema totally sapped it out of him and stuff. But anyway, so he was homebound from like 2008 on. So he, my contact information, the 20, yeah. So until he died in 2012, yes. But I never, I mean, I, I still have things in my address book from, you know, 1992. So I, mm-hmm. I, now, I don't ever change those. And the contact information is his store number and his cell number and our home number none of which I used anymore, if that makes right. sense. Like I hadn't used any of those numbers in a very long time. So something, this is probably 2014, I want to say. I'm pretty sure it was 2014. Something happened to me, and I can't even remember what it was. That's how stupid it was. Yeah, so I had right. a stupid meltdown, emotional meltdown over something. that, I, And like I said, I don't even remember what it was. Um, I completely understand. But, completely yeah, understand. Yeah, stupid something. And so I'm and I'm very emotional by nature and tears when I'm angry or upset, tears mm-hmm. are my reaction for a lot of different things. And so I'm crying over this thing and I'm I'm alone in my house and I'm railing the world and I'm crying. I don't even remember uh you know, don't know where anyone else was, but I live in this condo and the way my master bedroom is set up it's like you've got the master bedroom and then the bathroom and the master closet are all connected. It's kind of like one big space with a doorway that goes to the bathroom and, you know, an open space, mm-hmm. open door way that goes to the bathroom and the uh, master bedroom. And so next to the bathroom is an outlet. And so my phone is plugged in to the charger on the outlet that's by that bathroom. So I walk in into the bedroom, and I'm pissed, and I'm upset, and whatever, and I walk towards the bathroom, and I look down at the phone, and my dad's contact information is on the screen. And there was no reason. I hadn't called. I, like I said, I hadn't right. used that number in years. And right. I looked at the screen. And it's lit up, you know, it's, it's sitting there next to the charger. It's lit up. That screen is, uh, is, is lit up. And I look mm-hmm. at it, and I just said, okay, fine. <laughs> I, 
I get it. Because that's like, mm-hmm. he would have been, he was, yeah. if he was trying to talk to me, he would have been like, okay, so grand scheme of things, does this really matter? Exactly. And that's what I felt like he was saying right there. That's what exactly. I felt like. I was like, I get it. Okay, I get it. I'm done. I'm fine. It's good. We're good. It's so amazing because even if he had worked at that number up until, even if he had used those numbers up until when he passed in 2012, he had been passed right. for for two years at that point. So you had right. no reason to ever go into that contact info. And I don't even ever go into my contact info. Like that's never popped up on my screen unless I'm like calling someone I haven't called in a really long time. But, but right. I, that's just amazing. That's absolutely amazing. I have chills. And, and it's <laughs> wonderful too that you got the message that he was, you know, when, when we, when, our souls pass to the other side. They don't have a body to communicate with us anymore. They don't have, right. you know, a, a mouth, but they're able to use their energy in another way. And that the that he was able to use his energy to get your attention to say, "This is me," and to say, "The message is, it's going to be okay." Not only is it right. going to be okay, four years from now, you're going to be telling this story, and you're not even going to remember what you're crying about. So it's going right. to be that okay. <laughs> and it was like you almost knew that you got that message very clearly at the moment. Well, and I, you know, Amazing. I have my own, I have my own theories about mm. just, I, I have my own theories about concepts of people who are dead and whether or not they can even still be a part of this, of this world. Mm-hmm. And I, I know that it's, I'm, I, I don't know, people think that we're honky. I'm honky and crazy and just total wackadoo. But I feel <laughs> like, okay, so I feel like. All right, my husband is a scientist, right? That's what mm-hmm. his degree is in. He's a science teacher. And so my outlook on the world is, is definitely, well, and my dad, same thing. My dad had very strong beliefs about religion and souls and whatever, all that stuff. Very strong beliefs mm-hmm. that I also hold the same ones, really. This is how I get to the theory. The theory of science that has been around for at least the past hundred years, I don't know if it's more than that, but the, mm-hmm. the prevailing theory is that matter is finite, right? Mm-hmm. Everything right. that exists on this planet has always been here and always will be, and it only changes form, mm-hmm. right? I mean, yes. that's the theory. So from a scientific standpoint, then, why is it, you know, I, it, why is it that molecules, or whatever, can't exert a force on that existing matter, right? So the, some particles okay. or some molecules that were part of my father, even though he is no longer around, why can't particles from him exert a force that would have then sent me that message? Right. Or why can't they show up, <clears throat> why can't particles or molecules of, of uh, from... Albert Einstein show up in Steve Jobs' form, right? That right. make him a genius and this guy a genius and all these particles mm-hmm. of particles of Mozart show you know, have come to pass in the body of a child's musical prodigy. So that's so what I you're think. saying is so when something ends its current form, pieces of it can continue in another form with the same energy of the original form. Well, as they do, I mean, Am I understanding? The continue, yeah, if the pieces, if all of the matter continues, but it just changes form, why is it mm-hmm. that par- portions of that form?
form can't, I guess, hold on to some of the the energy or the um, the force that that form exerted the first time or the last time right. they were around. So his phone numbers kind of the energy came through in those that used to belong to him. Is that what you mean? Maybe. Yeah. Why not? I mean, right. why not? Or why mm-hmm. couldn't his hit the particles that I'm thinking of? be able to that energy go to the phone to light up the phone right exactly exactly yeah so the other thing that struck me is that you said in another interview that you still get advice from him even though he he's passed well i just in terms of i always have felt like when i'm thinking about something like i have a question or a problem uh sometimes songs will come on that Mm. sort of answer Mm -hmm. that question or deal with that problem and it seems and again that could I, I you can explain that lots of ways mm-hmm. I take it and I take it and apply it to whatever I'm thinking about and he's the one like in terms of people that I have in my past that I've lost I don't really have it like I don't mm-hmm. really have any except for him he's the only I you know I lost my grandmother when she was like 95 and she was so I was an adult when I lost her but I was never I never felt that kind of a connection with her in terms of having a person mm-hmm in my life that I believe would even have that sort of energy directed towards me and what I'm, what's mm-hmm. going on. He's, he's the only one. So right. whether or not he's, it makes so that, much sense to me. Songs have anything to do with it or whatever. That's how I, mm-hmm. that's how I take mm-hmm. them. I 100% believe the songs are, are meant for you and they're directly from him. Mm-hmm. But I have a lot of people in my family who don't believe this. You know, my father believes mm-hmm. and I love my father, but he believes, you know, once you die, it's like lights out and that's it. Um, and my mother believes 100% what I do. Um, but I, I wanted to create this podcast and this community. I have a group on Facebook called Believers in Science because for people who do believe it and who are, who are noticing these coincidences and want to share them with other people, we're here to talk about it and we're here to say we mm-hmm. believe the same things. You're not crazy. Mm-hmm. And you can still love and and be perfectly fine with the people in your lives who don't believe in that. That's fine. But there's this community here for when, when these things happen and you want to share them. So I completely understand where your husband's coming from, especially because he's a scientist. Well, I mean, you know, I don't think he disbelieves per se. I think he's, mm. I mean, he's like me in terms of he will, he's an atheist, right? He doesn't believe in God, but mm-hmm. he's, he as a scientist is going to say there are all sorts of things that we don't get you know that doesn't mean they're not true that doesn't mean there's not a god that doesn't Mm -hmm. mean there's not aliens from outer space that doesn't mean there's not people who come and talk to you after you die there's nothing you know he he would say i'm not going to say that is absolutely impossible because there are too many things that are we don't know about i say the same thing i would never say that this is not true or or this idea is not true i mean that my experience is, is what it is and i've heard some cool other experiences and I I don't discount anything. In addition to writing mysteries, you published your first YA novel this year. Congratulations. Yay, it's called It's called Down in the Belly of the Whale and you mentioned in one video that you've dealt with suicide, which is an issue dealt with in Down in the Belly of the Whale, that there was a suicide contagion when you were in junior high school. At first I misheard it. I thought you said when you were a junior in high school. Not that it makes it any better, but I, then I listened to it, and you were in you were in middle school. What grade were you in? Seventh grade. There were three students at my school, all boys. One seventh grade, 
two eighth graders, all of whom were friends of mine, all were guys that I knew. And uh, within a six-month period, they all committed suicide. And in the early 80s, before the concept had really even been named, and before an understanding of the whole idea, people in a, in a tragic situation or in an emotional situation, it's much easier for that emotional situation to cause other people to kind of go the same route. And so the thing that, the thing that got me, well, there's a couple of things, and I actually will tell you one story about the, the seventh grade boy. We had a psychiatrist that came in into the campus to be available to people who wanted to talk about this attack. Mm-hmm. And I had, I kid you not, like seven friends at least who said something to me about wanting to do what Eric had done. And so I would, I would go to the psychiatrist. Eight times, and I'm like, oh, my God, this my friend wants to do this. Oh, my God. My... And, and the psychiatrist kept calling on, you know, calling me in, like, are you okay? Can we do one? Yeah. And I'm just going, no, no, I don't want to, I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to do this. I don't, I don't want to die ever. I don't have this. I want my friends to stop thinking they want to. What can we do? And so it was, you know, that the whole idea of, you never, you take this seriously 100% mm-hmm. of the time. People don't, if someone makes a joke about killing themselves, if someone, you know, you just, it's, it's just, I don't know. It was, it was horrifying mm-hmm. and awful and mm-hmm. awful. It's horrific. And, but like you said, the phenomenon of this contagion is real and it's, mm-hmm. you have to take it seriously no matter what, what they, you know, how they say it. Right. I just appreciate your honesty, and you've been dealing with MS since a diagnosis in 1994, and you've said this right. direct quote, which which is so great. You said, I can say in the same breath that it totally sucks and is the greatest gift I ever got. When I was first diagnosed, I was 24 years old. I was just starting teaching. I was supposed to be getting married, and I did get married, and then I got divorced like a minute after that. And I mean, it was, all this stuff happened, but... It, uh, it was, I, well, I was engaged when I was diagnosed, and I mm-hmm. gave him the out, and he didn't take it, and I should, have, I should have never done it. Like, I only was doing it for, was doing it to begin with for stupid reasons. And anyway, it, when, it, when That's I... That's a whole book in itself. I know, right? It's a story. Yeah. And it will, it will all, yeah. Well, I've got a book. <laughs> I'm trying to not a nonfiction self-help mm-hmm. memoir that has all, a lot of these stories in it, so mm-hmm. I was... When I was first diagnosed, I was so devastated, and I did the whole why me thing, and my dad did the why me thing, or why you thing, because I'm super lucky. I can tell you luck stories right this minute, anytime you want to know. I'm super lucky. He was super lucky, and his mm-hmm. I know his thought was, she's not this unlucky. And it's the first and right. only time I've ever seen him cry, my dad, when mm-hmm. I was diagnosed. And, mm-hmm. but, but it took me two or three months, and then I got to the point where I'm like, Okay, well, so this isn't going to kill me. So what do I do yeah. from here? And it basically, I, I developed the motto that every day above ground is a good day from this diagnosis. Like, if I'm not going to die, mm-hmm. then what, how am I going to adapt my life so that I can have everything I want with this new, with this new normal? And so my first publication, the first thing I ever got published was a. a a contribution to a nonfiction anthology called Teachers with the Courage to Give. 
And the editor, her name was Jackie Waldman, she had MS, and I met her when she was the keynote speaker and I was speaker at a Women Against MS luncheon. We both told our stories at this luncheon, and she said, uh, she heard I was a teacher, and she said, are you interested in, you know, submitting to this book? Mm-hmm. And I did, and I, was, and I ended up um, publishing in three different anthologies within the next six, five or six years, and one of them was in Simon & Schuster uh, publication, and, you know, some things that been on my resume, I think, mm-hmm. kind of improved my status as I was trying to publish myself as a fiction writer. And so me as a writer, that gift started straight from the diagnosis. My attitude, Mm -hmm. I spoiled rotten. My family (laughs) was ridiculously functional growing up, you know? I mean, my dad... It sounds like it. It sounds like it. It sounds like, yes, it sounds like you were very lucky, like you say. Super lucky. And so, so I didn't have... That ever have the opportunity to really get other people's problems because mm-hmm. I never had to experience right. any, right? Right, that's the, right, that's the flip side. Yes, and so yeah. this diagnosis changed that massively, like in terms of my ability mm-hmm. as a person and as a writer, both mm-hmm. to put myself in another person's experience, that comes straight. There's no question. Amazing, gave I you the gift of a new outlook. Yeah more compassionate, more empathetic, more understanding, and more observational than I ever would have been if, if I hadn't gotten this disease. So. It's amazing. And you, and you also, you know, the, the future was still bright because it sounds like you're married to this wonderful man from everything I've heard and read and that you have two loving sons and wonderful sons and are living in beautiful, sunny San Diego. So... So many good things and so many happy endings can still could still be. Absolutely. If you want to go back to my dad and him giving me messages, I haven't really gotten any in a long time, but it's been probably mm-hmm. five years because I don't need them. Yeah, isn't yeah. Fun? Isn't that no? Isn't that funny? Uh huh. Yeah. That's what and happens. We're <laughs> grateful state all the time. Amazing. I You're amazing. Oh, thank you. Where can everyone find you? All of my handles are at kelkkelkay1202. So that's my handle for my Twitter account. That's my handle for my Instagram account. And Facebook is Kelly's Corner, right? Kelly K's Cozy Corner, all with K's. Yes. But all of that stuff is actually on the website, right, on my website right now. There's a little link to my Facebook page and all that stuff. All the Amazon links are on there, too. Congratulations again, and thank you so much. Thank you for Thank you so much for listening to Signs from the Other Side. You can find me, Fern Rone, on all social media at Fern Rone, R-O-N-A-Y. I love hearing from you, and I love hearing your stories of signs. And if you would like to hear more episodes of this show, please be sure to subscribe in Apple Podcasts. Thank you again, and sweet dreams.